Welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a podcast platform to share interesting conversations from the most successful leaders within the Stockholm tech community. My name is Sophie Gould and I'm your host for today. Welcome to another episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast and today I'm doing another diversity podcast with the topic of how to empower females in leadership. Now this is such a such an important topic and I know one that many people enjoy talking about and listening to so I'm really excited by the panel we've got today and we've got some good questions coming up but before we get into that I'm going to ask everybody for brief introductions into yourself. So with this, I want to know who you are, what you do, and also what your passion is. And your passion can be personal, it can be work-related, diversity-related, non-diversity-related, whatever you think. Um, And there's no such thing as a silly passion because I've had everything on these podcasts. So Abhishek, we'll start with you. All right. Hi, um, I'm Abhishek and I've, uh, I'm working as an engineering manager at uh, uh, Snow Software. Uh, I have been working uh, at Snow since 2015, December. Took a little bit of break, went somewhere else in between for six months and then came back. Uh, uh, my passion, my passion is people. And uh, when you mix it up with the... Uh, diversity that uh, makes me special and that's that 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 makes it uh, completely special and uh that is one of the reasons why i have uh, um i have been uh playing this role of an engineering manager because on a day-to-day basis uh, i really love the challenge of uh, solving uh problems of people uh who i um who i lead uh, and um, one of the jobs of an engineering manager is to uh, resolve their uh, day-to-day problems so that they are able to give the best they can uh, in the hands-on engineering work which they do um yeah that's uh, basically my passion i want to solve problems of people oh perfect i imagine there's a lot of different problems that come up so no two days would be the same yes and that's what (laughs) that's what makes it uh super exciting yeah Oh, perfect. Thank you for that, Abhishek. And uh, Jana, we'll come over to you. Thank you. Hi, yeah, I'm Jana, and uh, I'm the CEO of uh, Divine Robot, which is a company in the south of Sweden, uh, which specializes in uh, turning technology into business value, uh, basically working with games, game development, serious games, VR visualizations for uh, training, communication, education, and so forth. Um, I've been with the company more or less since the start, since my husband is one of the two founders and owners. Uh, but then I became more and more involved in the company and now I'm the CEO. Um, and I'm actually passionate about what you can call uh, perhaps nuclear tourism, as I've been to Chernobyl twice and I would love to go back. It's, uh, it's an amazing place, which is a kind of concentrate of everything to do with history, politics, nature, science, all in one place. Fantastic. Oh, I love that. I love that. I know, um, I think, was there a Netflix program recently about it? And a lot of people then started going and um, it definitely seems interesting. Oh, thank you. No, interesting uh, passion as well. Um, And Sarah Lynn, we'll come over to you now for your introduction. Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah Lynn and I work as engineer manager in Utopia Music, located in Stockholm office. 
uh, I joined Utopia around four or five years ago uh, from an engineering background. Yeah, so I was actually a developer myself before I turned into an engineering manager role. Um, and uh, what am I passionate about? Or maybe it's more related to Utopia. I'm passionate about music. Yeah, I created music when I was uh, small. Not anymore, but I did uh, play some different type of instrument, both the Eastern ones and the Western ones. Um, unfortunately, like that happened, didn't uh, uh, last very long <laughs> due to different reasons. I've been traveling and also I moved to another country, of course. So, uh, but one day I hope I can pick it up since now I'm more settled here in Sweden with my family. And so I hope that I can kick off my passion again together with the company I'm working with because Utopia Music is all about music and we're empowering the music industry make sure like uh, our slogan is basically fair pay for every play. I know we want to really achieve this mission by uh, being a partner of the industry. Yeah, and, and that's like kind of, I'm super proud of this mission as well as it's in align with where my passion lies. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's about me. Oh, I love that. I think that's such a good combination of combining work and like you said, passion and what you enjoy doing. So yeah, keep us updated with how you get on. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Deidre will come over to you. Uh, yeah, good to be here and uh, and and see and hear you all. Uh, my name is Yudicha. I am a, a game director currently at Tactile in Copenhagen, um, working um, on probably their most famous mobile title, which is Lily's Garden. Um, and my background is in writing narrative design. Um, so I come through that uh, through that area, uh, became a game director, um, and yeah, my passions. Um, I have lots of them, <laughs> so uh, I, I guess um, sticking with with uh, work passions. Um, I think that one of the things that is most important for me is trying to inspire other people with like diverse and inclusive uh, narrative storytelling in games. Um, that's uh, something that is uh, dear to my heart and that I try to do every day in my work. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And again, perfect kind of combination to be able to explore your passion as well as working and getting paid for it as well. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. So thank you all for that. Now we kind of know each other a little bit. Um, I think let's definitely just dive in because this is such a, such a good topic. Um, and there's some amazing questions coming up. Um, so to start with, Severlin, we'll come over to your question or subtopic, which was how to empower female engineers um, to become leaders. So tell us more about the background on that one and, and why you wanted to bring that to the podcast. Right, yeah. As you know, that IT industry is an industry where the, uh, how to say, gender equality is gender distribution ratio is not that great. Um, most of the leaders in this industry are men and these are historical reasons. Um, and uh, we as a company and my myself personally really believe that there is no such big difference between female engineer and male engineer. If they can become leaders, why we cannot? I mean, uh, we have a saying in China, I'm originally from China, 
females are half of the sky. So we are not there yet in this industry. And that's the reason why I want to leave this topic. How can we empower female engineers to become a leader in this industry and empower this industry together with the man? Yeah. That's the background. Yes. Anyone have any ideas from your own experience, maybe? Like if you have done something concrete to empower a female to you know, step forward to want to become a leader or taking more responsibilities in a team? Actually, uh, I would jump over here. Um, and my question is also inspired, quite inspired by this particular topic. Uh, my question, uh, uh, sorry to barge in here, Sophie. Uh, uh, but uh, my question is uh, that we we I have I have noticed a lot, and uh, I was talking to my wife the other day as well, and uh, about around the same topic. Uh, she is a leader as well in her organization, and one thing which came uh, we were discussing is what is uh, what is the basic reason why we still have so, such a gap existing in between uh, people s staying at uh, the leadership role in. In the organization, there is a very big ratio. They are obviously uh, majorly dominated by men. Uh, and uh, what came up as an observation was that uh, there is a slight inhibitions between uh, the genders. Uh, it, it has been noticed, um, and I might I might be in a particular um, area, or uh, it, it might be a particular. Uh, zone of uh, people in which I, I am working but uh, taking that as a sample i could say that generally men like to hang out with men and women like to hang out with women and uh, uh, that there is an in, there is an inhibition which actually exists there and uh, that creates some kind of uh, that is one that might be one of the reasons why uh, men are promoting men and I, I might be completely wrong over there but that's just an observation uh, which I can and uh, which I, I can uh, come up with that uh, if two men are talking the third man joins in the fourth joins in and so on and so forth they find that there is a leader in one of them and then if obviously the the men are leader they will promote another man as a leader. Uh, that That is one of the uh, reason and there is an inhibition which might be a reason for this and that doesn't happen everywhere. Uh, we are talking majorly about, uh, we, we were talking majorly about uh, people who, and I'm again generalizing over here, so excuse me for this, uh, but, uh, and I would like to hear your inputs on this as well. But uh, I have seen that um, people who come uh, from uh, it, it has to do a lot with the culture. I don't want to. Uh, this, uh, I mean, uh, I have been working with different in in different countries. Um, I have seen that it comes a lot with the culture as well. So it's a mix of uh, uh, inhibitions and uh, the uh, gender thing over there, which creates a problem. Can I uh, can I ask a question? Um... In, yeah. in regards to this question, <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. Uh, specifically for, for Seralyn in here, um, because um, you have the engineering background and you talk specifically about engineering um, and, and females, like I, I come from a different side, so I have less to do with the, the more tech side of it, this industry. Uh, what I see is that in general, there are even less women on the tech and engineering side than 
in other areas of um, the, the, the gaming industry. Um, do you think that um, it would help um, women step up to leadership positions in engineering if there were more women working in it in general? Would that make a difference? Yeah, I think that would definitely help because usually people look up to people who are similar to them. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. have a female leader there, um, it will be much easier for the other female in the group saying, okay, if she can be that, I potentially can grow into that role. For instance, also it's attraction for the other female to be the reason to join your company. To be honest, I was, I was one of the first few females in Utopia and uh, we were kind of, you know, the brand, oh, please join us. We have females here and we really want to, to, in, to be inclusive and diverse and we welcome everyone join us so this is you know from different perspective those two things are connected female leaders can empower the process of promoting recruiting as well as you know people when they look up to the people that's similar to them they can feel confidence in in, in taking further actions yeah so those yeah. i think those are connected yeah, yeah. But that's that's interesting because um uh, like it, you were saying that that you are being <laughs> held as a sort of a, um, <laughs> a recruitment example almost, which I think is great because that could be also a unique selling point for um, a company to be like, okay, yeah. um, women, please come and work with us because we have actual women in leadership. Um, <laughs> so this is a this is a good space for you uh, for you to work at. Uh, that 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 could definitely that could definitely help. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it when when a company says to me like, "Oh, we have so this percentage of of women in the company, and that percentage is leadership." That that definitely helps. Yeah, sure. It's very yeah. important, I think. Yeah, uh, definitely to uh, try and be a role model. I mean, as a female uh, CEO of a tech company, that's really kind of one of my missions to just be out there, let people see that that I exist and we exist. Uh, because uh, from what I hear, when uh, boys and girls uh, grow up up until a certain age just uh, kind of before becoming a teenager you have the same amount of interest in STEM subjects between both um, girls and boys but then girls drop out and that's partly due to the lack of role models because if you don't see that there are other women who are doing this then you feel that where's uh, yeah where do I fit in uh, is there space enough for me here uh, me myself I was kind of quite sort of technical when I grew up but I never even considered studying tech subjects um, in college because you know it was only a group of boys and male teachers and you really didn't feel that you fit in there so uh, I think that's extremely important yeah Actually, I, my original background was not in tech either. I was actually working in the marketing industry for many years. But I have a lot of friends who work in the tech industry as engineers, and they are female. So they actually inspired me to take another path. And it came out to be, this is something I really enjoy more than, I would say, marketing, what I was previously doing. So if, if it's not them, then I probably won't see that potential in myself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And one thing I completely agree with you, Serilyn, over there, uh, when you said that uh, engineers who are men and engineers who are women, both are equally able, they are equally skilled. And when an organization starts promoting uh, this concept of uh, uh, 
bring a girl engineer into an organization. Some people take it uh, otherwise. They think that, oh, they are bringing more female engineers uh, into the company and uh, will they uh, will they be less able and still get hired because they are females and that concept itself is wrong we had a similar kind of discussion somewhere else as well and we came up with a thought that we are just promoting them to apply obviously they will go through the same selection process but we are just promoting that apply for this post there is an inhibition that there is, there are so many people uh, in the organization who are already male if i apply will i be will i be promoted or not to the leadership position or not and uh, if this um, uh, statement goes out from the management that yes apply you will go through the same process because you will not feel uh, nice if you are kept into the privileged class, first of all. But if you apply, you, we are pushing you to apply and we will do a proper selection of you, then you should feel proud and we will have a, a person in the leadership role in the organization. So that's that's also very important for people to understand. Promoting a women engineer to apply doesn't mean that you are trying to hire a female who is less able just because they are a female. Exactly. So it's it's like certain type of bias in the in the system, basically, or in the in people's mindset that you know also slow down the process of reaching the goal that having a diverse uh, ratio inside of this industry. Yeah. Nice. No, I think we touched on. Um, well, you you all touched on a, a lot of um, really thought provoking and and quite you hear it quite often, don't you? Like, uh, is this company striving for gender? diversity or to be more equal just to tick a box just to advertise that they're gender equal um and i think it's uh like you said you really shouldn't be it, it shouldn't be like that we should as women shouldn't think like that um but no some really really good topics covered there so let's move on to jadija now yours was um talking about women in non-leadership functions can have bad experiences with male colleagues kind of not being taken seriously and that can be difficult if you are a leader I can really imagine that um, and how can we teach and help women to get into leadership positions to improve this so yeah tell us more about this because this is quite an interesting one <laughs> yeah it's it's something that I encounter often and um, I wanted to mention it here because um, I don't really always know how to tackle this. Um, from my own personal background, I have had leadership positions um, from a younger age in in um, um, in the time when I uh, uh, worked in film and theater. Um, so I was already used to that, I guess. Um, and I see that it helped me because then whenever you are like in a position that is not a leadership position, you at least like you can um, you can sort of identify with the leaders. You would also know like how it is to be in that position, how it is to be in this position. Um, but I see myself, I have made mistakes when I was not in a leadership position that as soon as I did have a leadership position, I was like, oh, yeah, this is easy because now I have the function. I have the title and as soon as I have the title, I am going to just use it. <laughs> and um, I don't mean that obviously in a mean way, but I have just seen that having that title empowers you um, in a positive way. 
Um, but it is really hard to um, explain that to people who haven't been in that situation. And I'm also, I am definitely not saying that it's always going to be easy when you're in leadership because uh, we're all like um, um, worried about are we doing the right thing? We're all worried about, okay, I'm a leader. People look up to me. Um, I hope I can do this. Um, and if you've had bad experiences, um, especially as a woman um, in this industry with like not being taken seriously because you are a woman working under male leadership um, and, and not being taken seriously, I can definitely see. And I hear a lot of women saying like, yeah, I've had those experiences. If I am in a leadership position, it will only get worse because now people expect even more from me. And because they expect even more from me, I will have like the same issues, um, but twice as bad. And yes, you can. <laughs> but on the other hand, um, having that leadership title empowers you um, and can give you the confidence to say, I don't like this um, more than when you don't have that leadership title. Um, but I, I, yeah, I find it, I find it difficult to, <laughs> to convey this to people. Um, also, like I said, obviously every situation, every person is, is different. So it's not like, oh, as soon as you're a leader, just <laughs> run with it, you'll be fine. But this is, I think also a gender difference often, um, where you'll see men being a leader and be like, hell yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna leader the shit out of this. <laughs> And and women being like, oh, now everybody looks at me, and I need to do I need to do the best I can, and getting anxious about that. And of course, generalizing again because yeah, <laughs> that's just what we need to do to to, to have this discussion. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is something that I that I struggle with to to at least convey my own experiences with this and try to empower women with this and saying like, yeah, but it can help you. Um, so I'm I'm really interested to hear from from all of you. Like, how do you feel about that, and is that something that you think we can use, and how can we explain this to women and help them? Um, yeah, you can go ahead. Yeah, I think that's also kind of related to personal confidence and also the confidence that you receive from external environment. Because if you don't feel you're encouraged to do it, you, you don't feel self-confidence to be able to handle the situation, you will get panic and self-doubt. Yeah. And, and that's 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 where we're like, you know, the external environment plays a really big role. And I think the problem is here is how can we as external environment giving that confidence back to women so they yeah. want you and they feel they're empowered to. Uh, take leadership position and they do not feel like they are less than men and this is the major problems i would say in any aspects and from my own perspective or my actually my own experience i've been working with similar situations where i have but not in my current company of course <laughs> diversity and inclusion is the part i'm really proud of utopia and so this was a long time ago when i was working in the marketing industry where Basically, um, most of the leaders are still men, and uh, but this industry is more equally uh, distributed when it comes to gender. Um, but most management positions are still men. So, so um, like the female colleague was not treated equally 
as the male colleague, even though they're delivering the same project, they have the same outcome. But it's always came down to be like, oh, that man has more contribution to the outcome. So he got more bonus. So this kind of similar situations, you know, are in the blood. And this is the reason why that women probably felt like, you know, I probably are less than them because the outcome I deliver is less from the external people's feedback. So so that that would also mean that like if as a company you um, put a female in um, a leadership position that you need to really take care that that you are actually empowering them that that the title is worth something. It's not just a hassle. <laughs> it's just like we give you this title because we trust you and now you are just as worthy as the other people in leadership. And and maybe that is something that needs to be repeated more often, I guess, within companies. Yeah. It has to be that will empower uh, new newcomers in this role to feel empowered, feel uh, that uh, now they have uh, all the mandate and authority to march forward. But coming, coming back to uh, the initial impression uh, from the question which you asked uh, Jadidja, is uh, I, I cannot say that exactly uh, for um, a female because I am not a female, but um, I have felt that if there is a newcomer who is promoted into that role to become a leader or uh, a manager, uh, it is an initial uh, starting problem for them because they have come from a team uh, where uh, they were not an employer they were they were an employee as soon as you become a manager you become an employer and when you move out of that shell of being an employee to become an employer uh, it is it is a mutual uh, confusion within yourself and your other team members to digest the fact that somebody who was among us has moved up one level to become somebody who will lead us now uh, and uh, in that situation, the thing which you just said is uh, talk about uh, the possibility of uh, promoting you uh, vocally as well. Make a, uh, make an announcement, make empower, repeat this over and over again will not only uh, uh, make you more powerful, uh, not only make you more mandate in the beginning itself, but also uh, it is not something which is uh, related to a gender. If you talk about somebody who is moving as a newbie in this role. Yeah, true, very true. I think though that it's, um, <laughs> it kind of comes back to my question, which I'm not going to jump at just now, but it, um, to do with uh, if we have to generalize again, how women and men kind of view themselves and estimate their own skills, where I think women tend to kind of underestimate our skills and men tend to overestimate them. So as you were saying, like a man is like, I'm going to leave the shit out of this, whereas a woman is like maybe worrying and uh, being anxious. Am I, you know, am I, am I good enough? Uh, and of course, I'm not saying that this is like all in our minds because it's obviously to do how with how um, how you treated 
uh, in the workplace as well. But maybe, maybe like we don't have to be the best leaders. Maybe it's okay to be a decent leader. I think some men are like okay with you know maybe they're a crappy leader, but they don't care. They just they lead. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So very true. Very lowering true. the bar a little bit. I think. Uh, yeah to be on the same time yeah. yeah and actually that 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 is very very practical practical example jana which you have uh, just talked about and it is very important that people the discussion which we are having right now many people will listen into it and uh, mm-hmm. they it might act as an inspiration for them uh, because it is very important and i'm i'm now addressing to all the uh, male leaders out there as well while we are talking and this will reach them as well is that it is very important that when a female leader i as i said last time as well sophie i don't like calling female and women because there is male and men in them i mm-hmm. want to repeat repeat that um but um but it is what it is uh, i would to make it uh, more easier for us to understand when a female leader comes into an organization who is uh, a new person in this role or even they come into an organization from outside it is very important to empower them right from the beginning there will be people in the organization and that's that's a fact uh, who will be male leaders who will try to uh, as you said um, sh- overestimate themselves and there will be female who might be coming from outside or growing up into this role who will underestimate themselves and uh, that is where other leaders other male leaders or even female leaders who are already existing it is their responsibility as well to promote the newbie into the team to uh, empower them so that they can raise above that underestimation which they are they are doing yeah for sure and i i think one of the things that that is also important here just for for women themselves is you can enjoy it i mean i like the fact you were saying yeah i like and don't don't raise the bar too high all the time but also enjoy it because um being a leader uh, can be a lot of fun <laughs> it's like it you 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 are able to inspire others you're able to make decisions on things um and that is something that's amazing um and sure, there's a lot of burden on your shoulders as well. Um, but I think that that often women will see that burden first before they see the, the joyous part of it. So I think maybe like we should we should help women as well to just like look over that burden and see what else is there in a leadership position that is extremely enjoyable and and satisfying um and that it's that that's such a big part of it as well yeah you know as as you all were were kind of talking that um i i read a, an article not long ago about this topic of like differences in in men and women leaders um and it said exactly what what you have all said um mainly on that women tend to like undervalue their skills and then kind of have lower self-perception and self-confidence and a little bit of imposter syndrome as well um and i think it's it's a really nice segue from from that last question into yours yana which is kind of more on uh, how do we raise women's self-confidence and w- if we know they underestimate the skills what can we do 
so yeah I'm really interested to dig deeper into this because it's something that I think will touch a lot of people regardless of industry regardless of country regardless of sector um it's definitely a, a big topic so tell us more yeah. yeah I just touched on it lightly but um coming back also to the application process which we were discussing previously because how can we sort of um create more inclusive leadership if we don't even have women applying for these positions in the first place um, <clears throat> or if we don't have women to promote internally either so I'm thinking about again how women tend to underestimate their skills and men tend to overestimate them so we need to consider for instance how we're writing a job ad um, I have an example which is not uh, for a leadership position but we were recruiting very recently for an artist and I got an application from a woman who, when I met her, said that she didn't consider applying because she thought that she couldn't do all of those things that were in, in the ad. Uh, and she was actually quite experienced, uh, but uh, she was encouraged by um, a female um, uh, leader at her education who knows me and who knows the company. So she encouraged her to apply and she got the job with us. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I myself kind of got here by chance because as I mentioned in the intro my husband is one of the founders and owners of the company and I started out by just helping out a little bit in the company as we were growing and then I kind of came into the uh, company more and more and then after a couple of years I suggested myself as a CEO because there was none but I would never have applied for a similar position in a company that I where I didn't know anybody uh, but now obviously I've been here for for a number of years and it seems to be working so um, I think yeah we need to at the same time look at how we write job descriptions and job ads do we have to like include everything that we're looking for um, you know create a wish list which may deter women from applying in, in the first place and can we also at the same time kind of encourage more women in our surroundings to kind of go for what they're good at and uh encourage them to apply um i also once met when talking about women in tech and engineering and so forth i met um there was a class of uh, programming students from a vocational game education uh, locally and um one of of these years uh, in this class there was uh, one woman and maybe like 33 men or something like that and when I talked to her, she said she, she didn't even consider uh, doing programming because she liked art. And then somebody encouraged her and said that, yeah, but you're really good at this logic stuff. And uh, why don't you go for programming instead? And then she did. So it kind of goes to show all these kind of different anecdotes that I think we need to be, we, both men and women, need to be more kind of supportive and encouraging um, women in our surroundings to go for what they're good at and what their interests are yeah, yeah definitely i think this this happens in in general um not just in in our neck of the woods uh, uh, but what you were saying about um the way we write like job descriptions and stuff like that um i think that is a a great start um because I, I see it as well, like there will be um, job descriptions that are like, no, I thankfully they're sort of <laughs> gone now, but a couple of years ago, they were all like, oh yeah, we need ninjas and uh, we have Nerf guns at the office. And I mean, yeah, sure, there's, there's women who like Nerf guns and, and ninja stuff, but <laughs> in general, that will, um, it will say something or at least um, might say something about the kind of company that it is or that you expect. Um, and I think that if, 
if you want to have more women in your company, even if you don't currently have them, um, you should take care in not describing your company as something that looks like a bro culture. Because even if it is a bro culture, if you're serious about getting more women in, then start describing it as more inclusive. That is already like, I think, one of the first steps you can take and a step that can show you that you're taking it seriously. And obviously you don't need to lie <laughs> in, in, in your job description. I mean, and once you have women applying, you need to be honest about like, okay, we have more men than women here, but we're trying to change that. And um, hopefully um, by hiring you and more women, we can all be part of that change. But yeah, you need you definitely need to make sure that that your writing is more inclusive and more neutral in general. Because it's I think a lot of gaming and tech companies um, try to um, focus on showing their culture um, in job descriptions on their websites, stuff like that. Um, and that's not always what you're looking for. Um, it's marketing, basically. And um, sometimes you just need the honest description of this is what the job is going to be like. This is what you need to do um, without saying like, oh, you need like nine plus years of experience in AAA or whatever. Just just be honest about it. Just say like, we need somebody who has experience. This is the kind. And then explain the culture of your company once you talk to somebody because HR can definitely explain to a candidate what kind of company you are. Um, but if you do that before people apply, um, you run the risk of alienating people already, which is a shame because you can you can make that distinction between who fits your company and who doesn't when you talk to them, not before that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like one step, the first step would be be more inclusive or more general inside of the ads. So you encourage all the gender and all the experience to apply. But if you really require a senior, then you should specific sure. that, of course. But then if it's just like, um, if you just want to show that we're a great company and those are the profiles we're looking for, then do not write unnecessary demands inside of the ads. That will just scare away not only women, but also men candidates who are a little bit probably junior, but in the end that you are looking at the level, you're actually hiring people, you can accept these candidates, and yet they are scared away by the, by the ads. Another thing would be like accompanying a simple action would be a touch a video about, you know, activities that you really do in, in the office. And so you can let the candidate feel the vibe. And of course, this video should include all the genders and the different type of people, probably even from different departments. And that's a direct way of showing your company culture and your inclusivity. Um, it's also a fun way for people to understand, oh, this is this type of culture I'm embedded into. So you give a first impression of the candidate, like, okay, do I want to? get into this culture or not? Do I feel like I can be one of them to having fun at the pingis or play video games together or having just a DJ events after work? So this is just also another quick and easy way to improve this, you know, experience uh, in hiring, I would say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think what's also something that's been done more and more um, is 
sourcing your candidates. And that is a way you can get those women into your company. Just like the example you were uh, giving Jana about someone who hadn't applied, but eventually did end up at your company. Um, By not just relying on the people who write a letter to your company saying, I want to work here, um, make sure your HR department is actively sourcing on LinkedIn, uh, on, on, on conferences, uh, stuff like that, and have them look actively for women who might not take that step to write that letter because they think they might not be the right person for the job, but who could actually be the right person for the job. And I think reaching out to them yourself as a company Um, will not only help you find more women for your company, you will also help women gain confidence. Because even if that woman turns out not to be the right person for the job, it is awesome to have somebody reach out to you and say like, hey, I came across your profile. You look like somebody that might be good for our company. So Mm -hmm. even if you don't get the job, you will feel good about it. And that might help you write that letter next time yeah that's very very good uh recommendation i think to uh, like really build and strengthen your network and then you make people feel comfortable with you with your company and then the step isn't as huge to just like reach out out of the blue to somebody but if you're already kind of familiar with them even know a few people in the company uh the discussion can you know become less traumatic kind of like the the basic subject on which we are talking right now is uh, women tend to underestimate them and we as leaders it is uh, our responsibility to have a close watch on uh, who is more uh, eligible to rise up as a leader and uh, make them realize that they have that skill set to and that itself will uh, raise the self confidence that i have been in instances where i have had one on ones with some of my uh, employees earlier where i have been able to identify that they can they are doing their uh, job so well that uh, they can easily move up to this uh, this level in the organization and uh, not only recommended them to apply for this position but also spoke to other leaders in the organization that like like I have identified this person uh, as uh, uh, a formidable leader going forward and uh, how about reaching out to her so I I reached out and the other colleagues as well reach out and tell oh great that you have applied for this position and now let's go and um, uh, go ahead and see uh, where you stand how where where can we help you uh, fill the gap between you and being you being what you are right now and being a leader uh, in in future it may or may not be possible that they are absolutely ready right now but they will actually see that in their growth plan which will inspire them and give them some self confidence to move forward exactly because i actually have a female senior uh, engineer in my team um she, when she was new when she still were in a trial period she was even doubting herself if she can pass it but she didn't understand that the team value her so much we we're we only have one female engineer uh, and the rest of us are me and the guys <laughs> so like when i hear her doubt of oh i don't know if i 
well past the trial period settling, I was like, you should never worry about that because the feedback you got from the team I gathered for you was great. I don't understand why you have that doubt in yourself. You're doing a great job. Everyone value you not only for your tech contribution, but also the team culture you're bringing. You're bringing us join. You're helping us build, uh, build to build a more diverse and inclusive team. You're giving us different perspectives. So then she got, you know, like this positive feedback. Then she felt more confident. Okay, now am I am actually contributing? And like, you know, with this self-doubt, one thing we as leaders can do is to constantly giving them positive feedback to celebrate small things to empower them to feel like i am actually a good um, a good fit here and i'm contributing and also like maybe they are not ready or don't want to take initial leadership role but then they can empower the team from different perspective you don't have to be a full star on every aspect <laughs> you can be extremely good with something and that's where you can lead a team you can lead the team by example and the team well for instance if you're super technically strong then you are leading a team by showing your great engineering skills by the code people up look up to your code standard uh, they ask you technical questions they want you to coach them to become a better coder but some people might be more how to say um, more um more confident or more skilled in uh, leading, creating a product roadmap or uh, engineering like tech roadmap. So th those are all small things that some people are better at than the other people. And that does not stop them to be a leader. They can inspire people from this niche. And again, um, coming back to uh, that episode which you were talking about uh, during the trial period, that again is not only for a female it's very important and again i'm addressing to all the leaders out there who will be listening into this podcast and it is very important that you let the person who is in their trial period know from time to time that they are excellent if they are excellent otherwise they will always have the fear that whether they will be able to complete their trial period or not it's very important for them to know uh, that uh, they are doing a good job out there and they will not ask all the time. It's it is important that you tell them because they have that inhibition that if they ask, what will they think? So it's very important that you bring it out from yourself and tell them that, yeah, you're doing a great job. And if they are doing an excellent job, tell them that I could confirm you today itself, though it is uh, two, three months uh, down the line. But the policy is policy that gives them a uh, fuel to fire up further. I think in general, handing out compliments is something that we should always do always do for, for everyone male yep. or female i think it's something that is vastly underrated and it's so easy to just tell your leader your colleague just say it and i'm like good job or i like this this one specific thing that you did or oh you're so good at that specific thing or thank you for having a nice meeting it's it's easy and it it helps anybody whether you have confidence or not it's yeah. actually we have a tool for this at snow and uh, it pops up uh, once or twice a week in which you answer some of the questions how you are feeling and then it ends up do you want to spread some good vibes and then there is a deck of cards which keeps which you can shuffle and that gives you an idea and every card actually rings a bell oh this guy has done this kind of thing 
So send kudos to that person straight away. And uh, it has been working so well. And one one morning I woke up and I got it from my boss. And it was, I, I was so pleasantly surprised. Nice. Me and my dad. Oh, I love that. What's that tool called? It's called Office Vibes. Oh, no. well, it makes sense. Yeah, I like that. That's a really, yeah. really, really good uh, recommendation. I yeah. think there's been a lot of kind of commonality across all of the questions and, and kind of the thoughts of empowering females, um, supporting them, acknowledging that maybe females do sometimes underestimate their skills and how can uh, how can people help that who are either in a leadership position or looking to help people who are future leaders? Um, so I love, honestly, this has been a very, very good conversation and I appreciate we're approaching the hour mark now. Has anybody got any final comments, any kind of final tips or anything to do with on any of the previous questions or topics we've discussed so far? No. Perfect. Well, thank you all. Um, and obviously, thank you to the listeners. Any feedback on the podcast as, as you listen is always welcomed but yeah massive thank you to Yana, Sarah Lynn, Abhishek and Jadija for this time it's been a very good podcast and I can't wait for people to hear it